This is Hearts of Oak Podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights, and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society, and we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. Anna is wonderful to have Lilani Dowding back with us once again. Lilani, thank you so much for joining us once again tonight. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Not at all. The last time I did feel bad because I kept you waiting because uh, we had a pre-recorded Alex Jones and you were so good. You just didn't bat an eyelid. <laughs> I kept you in for like 40 minutes. So, um, Hey, yeah. it was Alex Jones. Come on. you got to like, you know, got to make way for him. That was totally <laughs> fine. Not a problem. All good. And let me just double check. We are... Um, um, we are. So we're also streaming on War Room. Yes, we are in War Room. So we streamed Monday and Thursday uh, with Steve Bannon's War Room. And tonight is the first Saturday evening. So to all you War Room posse watching over in the States or anywhere else in this world, it's great to have you with us. And it might be the first time you've come across Lilani because she's been with us before. Lilani, do you want to introduce yourself to the War Room posse in case they haven't come across you before? Oh, hi, everyone. Um, I don't even know what to say about myself or what to call it myself. I'm usually on Mark Stein's show on a Wednesday night um, on Stein Online um, after he went and entered his own thing. But he's been really ill, um, stress, uh, certain kind of damage. Um, <laughs> we're not on YouTube. Can I say, oh, we're not on YouTube yet. No. Um, he believes slight vaccine damage. Um, so he's not been well. He's um, he's still, as far as I know, in, in Italy after he, he did his big cruise out there a few mm. months, almost, well, over a month ago. So yeah. I haven't been working with Mark lately. Um, but, you know, obviously wishing him all the best and hoping he feels a bit better a bit better soon and you know he's got lots of lawsuits going on with Ofcom and which is the you know kind of governs over what can and can't be said in the UK so he's got he's got a lot on at the moment so what am I doing at the moment just probably mouthing off a little bit too much on Twitter <laughs> trying to chill riding my horses and and you know that's it really all good. Uh, I love Mark Stein. I followed him years ago whenever he was engaging on the clash of Islam in the West. And yeah. great to have him on GP News. Of course, he spoke his mind and that was the end of that. So, But Ofcom is coming for us all. But we'll get into the online safety yeah. bill in a bit for us all being in the clutches of that horrendous organization. But you can also follow there. Lilani's uh, Twitter feed is there. Make sure and give her a follow. Follow her for her regular news. I think nearly all the stories are Lanani. It's always good to have a guest on that post nonstop because sometimes <laughs> I wake up, I wake up every morning. I'm like, right, I'm going to have a day off today. I'm going to get up. I'm not going to look at my phone. I'm going to make a coffee without looking. And I look at my phone and then I'm on one again. And I'm like, why did I look? And then it's like, blah, blah, blah. Like 10 stories later, an hour's gone by. And I'm like, I, I should just not have looked at my phone. And I keep saying I'm going to have a day off and just not tweet and not do social media. Really. And then I just get enraged more by something else that happens. There's so much to get our goat going. So 100%, I'll get you. Uh, let's start. There was a, a demo today, not only in the UK, I think up in Manchester, 
in London in the UK. And I think I saw about 25 or 30 different protests following on from a lot of the lockdown uh, protest on freedom, which is still very much under attack from every direction. Uh, so let me just play this little 30 second clip of the demo. I think this is from London today, but it could have been from anywhere around the world. Could have been from a city next to you. But let me play this short clip. That does look like Regent Street uh, in central London. Obviously, lots of banners you saw there. And what were your, I mean, Lani, obviously, you must have been on many of those demos in the middle of the very dark days of yes. lockdown. And it's good to see such opposition against continuing government oppression and tyranny. Yeah, no, I was at the lows of the anti-lockdown protests at the start. But I do live a few hours away from London, so... I wasn't able to get down there for this, but it's really good to see the turnout. I think it's woken a lot of people up, actually, because you see a lot of the anti-ULES banners. People don't want to be, you know, pay this extra charge to drive an older vehicle into London. They don't want the pay by mile. They don't want 15-minute cities. They don't want to be told what boilers to use in their house, what cars they must drive or not drive. Um and so I think it's, you know, it's a whole freedom thing about the government overreach. And I think it's really good to see so many people out there. And now, of course, mainstream media hasn't covered it, you know, so you're only going to see it if you look on social media. Um, and, and that's, I mean, I, I want to say it's disappointing, but, you know, it's it's just to be expected, isn't it? It is part of the course. It really is. And even... I guess, uh, outlets that maybe you might expect to cover it. Newspapers, we would have, but that's long gone. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, places you would normally go to for news in, and that's why there is this huge battle between what's available online yeah. on digital media and what is available that legacy media, and that's a massive clash. Yeah, no, it was really upsetting, actually, because I saw I did watch GB News earlier on, and in the news section itself it talked about there was like you know a very small little tiny protest of a few people that wanted to get back into the eu and they covered that but not all you know these thousands of people marching down in london and you know around the rest of the country to say no we don't want you know you dictating all of this to us yeah 100 percent. well Let's go on to another story, which I actually haven't really looked at that much until actually I was on Lotus Eaters during the week, and it was one of the stories uh, we covered. And this is one Russell Brand. Now, I I don't know if... I mean, he's UK. I, I assume that people know about him worldwide because he is... Um, I guess he was kind of a minor celebrity in the Hollywood industry doing a couple of films, but... Uh, but predominantly he's been UK-based. Um, and a lot of news has come out. I think the Daily Mail had, I think there were 25 stories one day about him. Um, and this is a, a couple of different things in this story. I will go through uh, a few of them. You posted, well, Rusty Rockets. 
that is Russell Brand on Rumble video will be extremely interesting on Monday. Thing is going to call everything out. Big former military industrial complex. They've come for him now. So why hold back? Um, now I can't work out what I make of all this. <laughs> what what are your thoughts on what's happened? Maybe actually give the viewers in case they don't know what the story is, what has happened. So this is a really hard one because obviously you know, we don't know what the facts are. Um, I can say my opinion on the media. I can say, having read everything, what I actually believe to be, you know, true, not true or embellished. But, you know, I don't think any of our opinions matter. What needs to happen is if, if there are charges, they should go to a, you know, see if the police make any charges. Because A, he's not being found guilty. B, there have been no police charges. And I think that's the most important thing. Yet, you know, I should rewind, actually, because I should rewind, because if people don't know about Russell Brand, he was been long famous in the UK, way before Hollywood, way before he may, married Katy Perry. He won titles such as Shagger of the Year by one of the Sun's newspapers. He was uh, admitted, he admitted to it, um, and he was known as a drug addict and I think a sex addict as well. It's something he's spoken a lot about on his road to recovery. Um, people knew this about him. Um, he was very vulgar and he was very crass on TV, but that's why people booked him. They yeah. booked him because they wanted that. The TV companies booked him because it guaranteed a headline in the papers the next day. So it was all encouraged. It was all encouraged. Now this man has cleaned himself up. He's got um, got sober He's been in the recovery program. He doesn't drink. He doesn't take drugs. He's um, eats very well. He's got two children. He's got a wife. He's got a baby on the way. And all of a sudden, the newspapers have reached out mm. to, I believe, hundreds. They've said hundreds, hundreds of women, hundreds of his exes, all looking for a story. Um, and now... Here's where it gets really strange is that when you when they did a documentary about it and they read these women's statements, they had actresses yeah. playing the women. They didn't have the women. So that's that doesn't sit right with me. There were parts of a text message that they blurred out, um, which was talking about contraception. Mm. That was blurred out and also blurred out was a statement at the end saying, I pry, which she probably mean pride. I pry myself on making the right decisions. I made a bad one, also blurred out, but no means no was involved. And then they said, you know, your, gla your look in your eyes when you become glazed scares me. Well, he was a drug addict, doesn't, I think opiates yeah. kind of do that. So, you know, it's all this betrayal of him as a monster. Now, you know, like I said, got an opinion that's not important but what then happened was bearing in mind there's no guilty verdict because there's been no charges the UK government uh well it wasn't it was a, a woman uh Caroline Dinage I think her name is who is head of a committee she actually wrote a letter to Rumble and Facebook asking if that he was going to be demonetized. She didn't actually clear that with her committee. So what, you know, she's gone rogue, basically, and written this letter 
asking for this man's livelihood, his monetization, his way of providing for his family, you know, asking, you know, what they're going to do, are you going to stop monetizing him, asking if that's going to kind of come to an end with no charges. So this is all, you know, you've got to ask why, why now, why do you want him now when you encouraged everything while he was working for you, now he's calling out Big Pharma, now he's calling out the Ukraine war, the military-industrial complex, he's calling all of this out, but and, and now they're sending people out to look for him. Now, there was another thing in the UK media, a guy called uh, Hugh Edwards, BBC Newsreader. Um, and he hit the headlines because he's a married man, supposedly straight, who was who paid £20,000, I think, for pictures of a boy who was 17 at the time. Now, the reason that hit the newspapers is because the parents of that person who's now older went to the police and because they went to the police the newspapers found out about it um, and that was quite a headline for a while the difference is none of these women have been to the police yeah it's reporters reaching out to them they didn't even go to newspapers to tell their story it was the reporters who went to them so to me it's very you know it's very it needs looking into and people definitely shouldn't jump the gun. I want to get on to the, the letter and Rumble's response, and that's one side of the censorship government over overreach. Yeah. I'm I'm still trying to work out because I used to hit Russell Brand with a passion. Me too. Everything he was just the absolute opposite end of the political spectrum, just everything that you dislike about people was him, that narcissism, that showbiz, that mm-hmm. de- whatever he wants he can take and then his views um so i'm wondering is it that if your past will catch up with you um and i I, we've watched what he's been talking about the last three years very very vocal against the covid tyranny that we faced and much wider and he's built a huge platform on that um but I'm kind of wondering, I kind of think that probably some of the stories that have come out are probably true because that was the type of person he presented himself to be. So that's why I'm kind of scratching yeah. my head. I don't know if I want him to to go down and to be destroyed or to win. I really don't know. Yeah. See, this is the, this is the thing to me. I have a serious dislike to newspapers. Um I could go into why, which I'll do in a second. But um, to me, I read the allegations and none of the women actually made the allegation. None of the women said he um, he indecently exposed himself to me. One woman said he flashed himself to me in the dressing room. Later on, he asked me to go back to his house and I went and we had sex and it was consensual. Now it was- That's the weirdest story. <laughs> But this is the thing, is the woman wasn't on the TV show saying it. It was an actress saying it. So was the woman just trying to give her story and then the media go, oh, let's call that in, right, that tick, tick one, he flashed her. Let's disregard whether she went back with him and had sex with him consensually. Let's call that sexual, uh, what is it, um, indecent exposure. Mm-hmm. Then what we're going to do is um, 
what we'll do is we'll highlight this clip saying no says no. We will uh, blur out where it says I made a bad decision. Um, you know, I should have made good decisions. I made a bad decision. And we'll tick, let's call that rape. So, you know, and then, and then rubbing their hands together, they go, oh, Russell and a 16-year-old. Now, you and I, you know, we can say it's disgusting and we can say it's gross, but it was over the age of consent. Now, in America, they must be rubbing their hands together because in America, the age of consent is 18. So, you know, that would, so all the Americans are thinking, hold on a minute, that would be like us thinking he was having sex with a 14-year-old in a country where 14-year-olds are over the age of consent, if there is one. And we would find it absolutely repulsive and disgusting. But the re reality is it's, you know, you've got to look at it like legally. And I don't even know if these girls wanted to be part of this setup. So, you know, when I, I remember when I was modeling, um, you know, 25 years ago, so naive, I was pictured coming out of a nightclub with a England footballer don't know if you played at the time or like a little after and they called me up and they said Lilani um, we saw you were so and so um, you know what's going on and naively I should have just said no comment I don't want to speak about it I just went nothing you know I've not slept with him and you know I'm just getting to know him so there was a double page spread in the wow. newspaper saying you know Lilani says she's not slept with him but she's taking their time and they're getting to know each other pads it out with information of him pads it out with information of me and there's a whole double page spread that I never said you know let's do an article they never paid for it paid me for it he never spoke to me again because he thought I'd try to do like a semi kiss and tell and it was like you know, it was devastating. Yeah. And so who? how do we even know if these girls were just reaccounting something? And then you've got to think about, you know, this is LA. These guys, or some of it's in LA. He's a very famous guy. Some of these girls know, um, you know, these girls would know, you know, that he had a very sleazy reputation at the time. It was very sleazy. It was not somebody I would ever have a million years looked at. So they had to know that. And then you think, you know, maybe they were just recounting their stories. And you look at things like, I'm, I hated this movie as well, and the book, Fifty Shades of Grey, and all the absolute filth that those couple get up to consensually. Mm. And women loved it. Like, women were, like, all over the book about the Fifty Shades of Grey and da 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 da, da. So when it says, you know, Russell Brand and I had sex against the wall, well, what's that? That's tame compared to Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. So, you know, it's really... Like, I don't know. I don't know either way, but I just, you know, and it's not even important what my opinion is when it comes down to something as serious as, you know, rape allegations. Yep, and it is in the UK, we do have an innocent until proven guilty. Um, and this is trial by media. And you touched on the government jumping in, writing a letter. There's mm. Caroline Dinej, uh, and this was on GB News. They were saying, quit now. Calls for Caroline Dinej to go as it emerges. Rumble Roy MP didn't clear Russell Brand letter with committee. Um, and once again, this seems to be government overreach. It seems to be MPs thinking they can do whatever the hell they like and yeah. they can get away with it. Um, that was my big concern, this just massive government overreach. Also, her husband is part of the 77th Brigade, which yeah. is the propaganda wing 
of the government, you know, the, the, the ones that look at what your online presence and everything is. So this woman has gone rogue, not passed this letter through the committee, and she's asking, um, you know, Rumble about demonetizing him based on allegations. So, you know, I don't know about you, Peter, but I've been called an anti-Semite for using the word globalist. I've been called a granny killer. I've been called a um, dangerous anti-vaxxer. I've been called a racist and a transphobe and far right and dangerous. So these are all accusations. Yep. So, you know, they are accusations. They might not. Oh, actually, they, some of them have been in the newspaper, these accusations. So what are they going to do? You're going to say, hold on, let's uh, use the online safety bill and say that this woman, Lilani Dowding, must not appear on any kind of platform Um she needs to be demonetized and we need to take her down. And now I've just read, and I haven't got it fully confirmed, but I have read that it should anybody use a clip of Russell Brand or talk about Russell Brand online on YouTube, then that's going to be demonetized. So no one can have a discussion, whether it's positive or negative, on Russell Brand on YouTube or use a clip mm. or they will get demonetized but you can bet your life, front page of the newspapers, when they're trying to make some money and sell some newspapers or get somebody to turn into BBC News, ITV or Sky News, they'll all be talking about him. They'll all be using his clips. You know, they're not going to stop advertising revenue for talking about him. So it's going to be very like, you know, right, we're going to control online what people actually talk about who yep. people talk about. Let's try and get this guy, his name erased. Let's stop people talking about it on any video whatsoever, because if they mention his name, we will, you know, we'll make it so it's not worth it for them, for the big accounts to mention him. And, you know, that is a very, very dangerous place. Well, let me bring up her letter. Actually, last Sunday, the thing that hit me, I went in uh, to, I went in to get a paper and because I still enjoy that pastime over a weekend of having a coffee and a paper, old school. But every single front page was Russell Brand without fail. Every And the last time we've seen that is the COVID mantra mm. when every, and it worries me whenever part of the media conspires together. But le let me just bring up, this is the letter from Caroline Dinesh, I think it is, Chair of Culture, Media and Sport Committee. Um, and she says, I'm writing concerning the serious allegations uh, regarding Russell Brand. Brenda, uh, in the context of his being a content provider on Rumble, this was the, the letter sent to Rumble. Letters were sent to many others. Um, as says, it, it just goes on. The, the Culture, Media and Sport Committee, actually, we've just learned they didn't together it was her off her own bat is raising questions with the broadcasters and production companies previously employed mr brand well that would be channel four but they made a lot of money from i think um and it goes on and on and they said we would be grateful if you could confirm whether mr brand is able to monetize his content with these videos relating to the serious accusations against him if so we would like know whether Rumble intends to join YouTube in suspending Mr. Brand's ability to earn money on the platform. And of course, Rumble responded by giving two fingers and telling them where to go. But this, the government writing a letter 
demanding that someone who's not convicted of a crime is not paid for their work. They're basically trying to get them sacked. Uh, and this is frightening from a, a so-called conservative government that really should believe in our legal system and innocent until proven guilty. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? This this isn't how, um, you know, due process works. This is literally trial by media. This is, you know, somebody reading through accusations um, that have been written, obviously, to get people to tune into a documentary and buy some more papers. And they're saying, right, based on, you know, not even accusations made to police, accusations made to reporters who went and found them, they didn't even come to the reporters. Based on that, we're going to try and cancel this guy in whatever way we can, and we're going to stop other people, you know, trying to listen to him um, or speak about him on other platforms. And this is really, really so. She should resign, yeah. um, or she should be fired. And it sounds, you know, silly saying I don't want someone cancelled because somebody else is, you know, I don't want her can. I want her cancelled because she's trying to get someone else cancelled. But it's not that. It's like she literally has done something that she should not have done, which is to write a letter um, and go rogue without clearing it with the committee. I mean, that's what a committee's there for, surely, so that they all can agree on something between them before they put it out. She's done that. Um, we don't know if Russell Brand has done what you know these women have said because he's not had a trial. And this is the thing is we need to have due process. Because otherwise, we can't have a, we can't have trials by media. We can't have people losing everything because um, you know a newspaper says so. Look at Neil Clark. Neil Clark is an actor in the UK. He lost his work. You know, it's the same. It's the same story. You lose your agents. Uh, the shows that you're on don't want you. You don't get your contracts renewed. You don't get hired again. Two years went by. There were no charges pressed on him. But it doesn't matter. He's still known as this person who made these unwanted sexual advances uh, to somebody because it was it. You know, it was, and now I think he's suing the Guardian for ten for ten million. Um, you know, there's a footballer, Benjamin Bamendi. Now he did have charges against him. Seven women or six women went to the police. He spent months in jail. Um, he lost his obviously lost his football con contract. He lost millions because he couldn't play. And it's not like you know the club can't play him. He's in he's in jail. It wasn't you know the club's decision to fire him. But you know you can't have his player in jail, can you? And when it went to court, um, you know the women had said they didn't know each other. They were in a WhatsApp group called Sunday Schlags. Like they knew each other. They were talking, yeah. and obviously he was found innocent, but. His life's ruined. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's really it's it's really scary. And then, you know, when I've said this again, like all the names I've been called, I'm now a rape apologist because I said that we need due process. Wow. Um wow. it's it's just like it's it's really sad. And that and that's what you get. And I think it's scarier for men as well, because you know, if I'm a rape apologist. What are yeah. these insane people going to call men that say, hold on a minute, you know, let's actually find out the facts. Hmm. Um, and then, you know, I get things like women all need to stick together. I lived in Los Angeles. I have seen women do some of the most disgusting, 
vile things, uh, you know, things around. You know, we want to talk about this text message, mm. you know, that we was talking about contraception. Do you know how many women say that they're on the pill and lie in order to well. get pregnant? By, you know, be a footballer, an actor, a famous man, a rich man, you or some guy that they, you know, even normal everyday guys, a fitness instructor or, mm. uh, you know, a, la a, a barista. It could happen to any guy. You know, women, women lie too. Mm. I'm not saying all women are liars and I'm not saying all men are liars and I'm not saying all men are innocent. And But, you know, you can't just say, Lulani, you must believe every woman that says anything. Oh, 100%. And one other slight angle on it, we'll just touch on this just for two or three minutes, um, is Channel 4 obviously enjoying his reputation originally, which Russell Brand played on, um, of probably in effect being a sexual deviant. I think you can probably say that, absolute promiscuity. And mm -hmm. um, that was who he was. Um, his life is now different. But of course, this is Channel 4 that again, um, enjoyed that while it was happening because they were benefiting and you put up this headline Lilani Channel 4's latest TV brainwave an 18 person orgy held at a country house but hey it's Russell Brand that's the problem and not Channel 4 we're told again it doesn't make sense does it whenever they're pointing the finger at him but putting this stuff on the, the hypocrisy about everything just everything so let's just start number one channel four these kinds of tv shows channel four also has naked attraction where they have men and women stripped down but they've also got naked education which is men and women stripping down in front of kids under the guise that is education but it isn't shown at schools it's shown in the evening because the reality is, is it's for perverts that want to watch children's reactions to naked men and naked women. And that is what Channel 4 is putting out. Don't try and tell us it's, it's educational because you have to be an absolute idiot to believe that because it's not school children watching. It's perverts watching. And that's that's Channel 4 for you. That's Channel 4 in a nutshell. Just didn't they do Geordie Shaw? I can't be sure. I'm sure they did Geordie Shaw. I think that was one of their shows that, mm. um, you know, was a take on Jersey Shaw. Um, and then what was another show? Oh, and then and then as well. And then this is a thing. So you've got this girl that says she flashed her willy. Um, he flashed his willy at her. Well, it could be she flashed hers <laughs> now. Yeah, you know, that's Come on, <laughs> Okay, so I'm getting confused with this because. <laughs> You take Leah Thomas, Leah Thomas, yeah. biological man, gets undressed in women's changing rooms. Riley Gaines and other women make a complaint and say, hold on, this biological male has exposed himself, full genitalia. And she didn't hide behind, you know, a, a, a blacked out screen. Mm. She didn't have actresses play her voice. She said, Leah Thomas has exposed himself to us. She made a complaint to the school. And, and what? It's just, well, never mind. It's not sexual. Um, it's not indecent exposure or indecent. That's just life. That's how we have to take it now. If you identify as a, as a female, you can take your bits out whenever you want. 
And this is the, this is the madness. It's you know, Channel Four and their depraved shows, society and culture saying that we need to accept this, we need to accept that, and it's just so hypocritical and all just such a mess. And then I just think the bottom line is no one cares unless it's a celebrity. If it's a big celebrity, you know, and we can splash them on the front pages of every paper and try and sell some more papers, you know, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, maybe the, the police and media should do more and find out why, what, one and a half percent of allegations of rape actually end up in a prosecution. Maybe some of those 98.5% may also should be there, but I'm sure the media won't because you're right, it's not a celebrity, so it's not interesting. Oh, no. Also, I forgot, the same day as the Russell Brand allegations, there was a man arrested for raping an 11-year-old. How much coverage did that get? None. None. And in and then two days afterwards, I saw the most disturbing video. An 11-year-old child had been groomed, a girl, had been mm. groomed online by some man in, I think, Columbus, Ohio. Um, or the little girl was in Columbus, Ohio. And the man online had got her to send naked pictures of herself. The parents called the police and... Um, the parent called the police. The police came and said, oh, there's not much we can do about it. Um, your daughter could actually be charged for creating child yeah. porn. So this is the world we're in. And that was a response by police officers who were meant to protect. So why is that not on the front of every single newspaper? That should be everywhere. The just the way that the people that are meant to protect us aren't. Yeah, and, and oh, that's sorry. Yeah. Um, let's move on to actually one thing that Russell Brand did mention uh, is the online safety bill, mm -hmm. uh, which is a massive topic and will not do justice to this. But here is the story from Forbes. So stateside, and it was just interesting having a slightly different take on it, not just a, a UK perspective, which is, this is wonderful, it will protect children. That's the UK media. Um, and this is from Forbes. Will UK online safety bill break encryption for mass surveillance? As the UK online safety bill passed completed its passage through Parliament earlier this week uh, when it passed the House of Lords and is now on its way to the King for royal assent, after which it will become law. This new legislation seeks to protect people from illegal content and activity online with a focus on child protection. Uh, this is, I mean, I see this as probably the most restrictive piece of legislation since the internet first started and it's going to cause chaos here in the UK. What are your thoughts, Lani? It's absolutely horrific. And the saddest thing is, is they do wrap it up in child safety, but we know it's not about that. You know, for anyone who probably was like, oh, I, I have to vote for it because it's about protecting children. Like, you know, what I've just said to you shows how little they actually could care about protecting children because those cases was I mentioned with 11 year old girls the two of them one in America one here were just swept under the carpet nobody talked about them but we have seen from what Caroline Din Dinage, yeah, her Dinage. Did, Caroline Dinage we've seen what she has done and what the potential effects of that online harms can 
bill can be. So, for example, as I said before, they could say Lilani is harming people because she is a anti. She doesn't want the COVID vaccine, and therefore we see that as harm. So none of her content should be out. No one should ever talk about what she said online. Nobody should ever discuss a clip of her saying what she believes about the coat because it's misinformation and that is causing harm. And that is basically what the online harms bill can do. It can censor any of us from saying anything against a government narrative or a WEF narrative or a World Health Organization narrative. It can censor us from doing it because they can then say, no, 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 it's harmful. It's harmful if you talk about that. It's And, and that's scary. Like, you know, what? what is that? It's totalitarianism. It was was the phrase legal, um, what legal but harmful, and also all the discussion of misinformation and disinformation, which we've seen over the last three years, is yeah. basically if you disagree with the government, then you're spreading misinformation, and therefore you're a target. And I guess it means any anyone the government has any connection with, any part of the the system or establishment, and use that term loosely can just click their fingers and announce someone to be a source of misinformation. And then that's you. Um, You're subject to whatever the process will be as punishment for being part of that. And, you know, it's not going to just be about, you know, my, you know, our thoughts on vaccines or our thoughts on COVID. It could be what you think of climate change or the net zero agenda, or if you, don't want to change your boiler because in in the UK you need to have your boiler. Well, they've extended it from 2030 to 2035. But you know, if you say, "Listen, I want to keep my oil boiler. I want to keep my gas boiler. I don't believe that a heat pump will keep my house adequately, and it's also going to charge me a lot more in electricity." Uh, no, that's harmful to the environment. Scratch Lilani. Get her off. We don't want to hear her dissenting voice anymore. It's harming everybody because it's going against the online. Um, it's going against, you know, the net zero agenda. So it's harmful. And they can do that. That's that's what it, it's basically very. It's against free speech. You know, you're yeah. not allowed anyway to do certain activities that are harmful to kids. You're not allowed. It's illegal anyway to try and get children to send you pornographic in- images. You don't need an extra online harm bill to solidify it that should be illegal anyway so this is why it's a why do you really want to put this in place there's there's so many things you know if we don't agree with you les and having to pay the 1250 a day but we're harmful because we're for um diesel emissions going into the environment you know they can they can use it for anything that's anti their and we've seen them do it with COVID and the jabs, just for asking simple questions, just for asking questions. So if they want to go full throttle with it, they've passed the legislation now to be able to do that. Yeah, no, it, it will go through. And it was actually annoying, I think, GB News, whenever they're talking about Russell Brand and talking about the online safety bill, and he talked about this legislation, which is now law, and GB News said, well, it actually hasn't become law. I mean, seriously? Seriously? It is about to become law. It's passed yeah. everything. What, King Charles isn't going to pass it? Come on. <laughs> so, yeah, I was annoying. <laughs> oh, it's, it's like it's mad, isn't it? You wake up and you're just like, do people not see what's happening? No, and it's they've 
they've been sucked into this, oh, it is about uh, protecting children, and that is essential, and therefore, if you go against it, you're against protecting children. And that's um, the thing is, yeah. we're all for protecting children, all of us. I think there's not a single yeah. sane person out there who doesn't want to have kids protected, but we know that, you know, the online harm, online harms bill isn't it's not about that it's totally curtailing any kind of free speech that goes against their narrative 100 percent um we'll jump past um we'll jump past zelensky's new ambassador for ukraine let's go on to pro jam can you be the teenager who died after legal fight with NHS Trust oh. can now be named. And I talked about this, I think it was last week with Caroline Farrow, um, about this girl who wanted to travel to the States for treatment. Um, and she couldn't actually be named. The course had decided because of absolute power, that um, her name could not be put out. And she has now died. Teenager has died after a legal fight with NHS Trust can be named, judge says. And her name is Sudiksa Thirumulash. She's well. She is nineteen. Was nineteen, and her family had opposed her being moved to palliative care, where the NHS wanted to end her life, and she wanted to fight for her life. And that is a strange clash it's the last thing we would ever expect isn't lanny that the nhs who have been there or the last three years have got that in question but have been there to help you health wise are actually wanting to kill you you know i saw this and i can't imagine like you know she might not have had that long left it doesn't matter she wanted to fight for her life and we know what palliative care can mean like it doesn't always just mean making somebody comfortable we've seen what they've done you know with medazolam and morphine during the covid times without you know somebody who can make that kind of decision around you know people will stop from seeing their families they had no one to advocate for them you know but this poor young lady she was advocating for herself she wanted to live her family were there and they were like no that that's it we're gonna not stop your treatments and we're gonna just send you off now to die off you off you go like and and it makes me wonder you know the medical industry why do people enter it do they do they give an s hit about us do they or do they just think, you know, I'm going to get a nice wage off the NHS and, you know what, it's not quite good enough this month, so I'm going to strike. And F all the people that have operations booked and, and everything else. And, you know, our waiting lists are huge. And you just think, why did why did you join? Why did you join? Why would you not let this girl just fight, you know, a bit longer? What, what, what makes you decide, no, we're going to basically... Uh, put her to sleep. Maybe some of the money the government spent on PPE could have been spent in keeping people alive like this. PPE, the rainbow flags that they have over the hospitals, you know, the rainbow murals, the little rainbow zebra crossings, uh, you know, all of it, all of it. And and PPE was massive and and ventilators and all that money that went on ventilators and Billion all and and oh, let's incinerate it all now because you know we, we've got nothing we can do and we're still paying for it to be stored in warehouses. It just it makes me sick. 
oh and, and diversity hires let's get a few instead of nurses we'll get some diversity managers on 50 60,000 a year let's pay some diversity managers to come in like it makes me it just makes me sick it makes me sick and then the worst and then you know you try and get an appointment with the NHS mm. and then you find out that you can't. So then people go and buy, get private insurance and then they find out it's the same bloody doctor. He's just clocked off the NHS. He's doing all from the same office. Just, you know, it's different. And then it, it's just, it's sickening. It's sickening. The whole state of it is sickening. It is. I don't it, trust the NHS and they want us to go out and clap for them and cheer. Be... No, I think, no, I think we're all at that point. I think anyone watching, uh, no one will disagree with you. The last place you want to go is near a medical facility. That's the last place you want know, to go. I know, And then the poor things, the poor nurses and doctors who actually stood up and said, look, this jab is going to be really harmful. Yep. The people that actually could think up, oh, no, we're going to get rid of them. Look at David, Dr. David Cartland struggling all the time. That We're supposed to have this shortage of GPs in England and Dr. David Cartland, he writes a tweet and suddenly is, you know, where he's meant to be covering. They're like, oh no, we don't need you to come in today. Oh, hold on. I think you need Dr. David Cartland because you've got a shortage of GPs and Dr. Alma, um, Dr. Malik, a surgeon. Yep. And then there was another, I can't remember his name. There was another cancer surgeon um, in England got suspended because of his thoughts on lockdown. So you've got all these Great people who actually do think a little outside the box, who actually I would really trust within the NHS. I trust these people if they were there out. And then you've mm. got all these people that will follow the narrative. They're all in the NHS now. And you've yep. got the good doctors out. And, and what does that say? It says, you know what, Whether whatever you believe about COVID or whatever you believe about the jabs, as soon as you say, you need to do this, and take this jab, or you're going out, what does that say about who's left in there? Yeah. Oh, it's frightening. We had Dr. Cordon on a couple of weeks ago, um, and, yeah, there are few and far between heroes like that who will who will stand up and speak their mind and not give in to the pharma companies and, I guess, whatever money they are paying. Um, we have three more stories. Let's, let's do a couple of minutes on each. Uh, over stateside for all of you War Room Posse, uh, your <laughs> favourite person, Gavin Newsom, for all of those on the Pacific coast. Micro cults. Gavin Newsom is terrified that his son is listening to Joe Rogan and Jordan Peterson. I guess many of us are quite happy that his son is listening to Joe Rogan and Jordan Peterson. Right, that itself was great. I love, love, love that his son is listening. But also what I love even more is that he's terrified that his son is listening to Joe Rogan and Jordan Peterson. Because what does that say? He's like thinking, oh, no, my son's going to hear some truth. Because you know what? If it was the other way around and it was, you know, some liberal, um, some conservative person's kids listening to some real, you know, far lib people, then he'd be so happy. He'd be so happy they come up. So now he's terrified. And I absolutely, I love it. I absolutely love it. It made, when I saw that, I was like, yeah, that's it. A, that's hilarious just because his son's listening. And B, the fact that he's so terrified, that just makes my day. Because, you know, I hope it happens. I hope they see their parents and think, hold on a minute. 
I want to be able to critically think. I want to hear another side. Let's see. Let me keep my mind open and let's see what the other people are saying and see what actually resonates with me. Because, you know, it's, it, it's it's just got so mad over, over in California. I had to get out. I mean, I really had to get out. The It's really sad, actually. I laugh, but it's kind of a sadness because I remember like, you know, 20 years ago when I first went, that, went there, I got there and I was like, this is where I'm going to live forever. And then I got a horse and my mum cried because she thought I'd never come back. And I just was like, I've got, I've got to get out of here. I've got to get out. These people are like absolutely mental. Everything they do, crime and the COVID nonsense and we're going to ban petrol lawnmowers and you can't have a gas stove and everyone cooks on gas over there. It's like all of this stuff, all of it. It's just, yeah, they've, they've ruined California, but that really, that made me smile. I, I wish, <laughs> I'd only been to California April and June last year to LA and I realized why, but why I'll never go back, but also yeah. sad that I, hadn't experienced what it was in its heyday and is now drug-infested crime zone. Sorry for all those living there. But I'd never seen people just stumbling across the streets, lying on the pavements, needles everywhere. I'd yeah. never seen that in my life. And yet this is the norm there. And the people accept it because they vote in people like Gavin Newsom. They get a chance to get rid of him. And for whatever reason, they don't. And they're happy with that. They're happy with... It just, it's beggar's belief. Time and time again. And honestly, yeah, like you said, it is true. People literally going to the toilet, defecating on your front lawn on like a $2 million property. That's just, you know, that's the norm or completely and utterly off their faces, half naked, swinging iron bars around their heads. You know, this is you know, guns. I used to, I remember when I lived there, I used to go to like a comedy club, walk home at 11, 12 o'clock and be the same road now, you could get shot at lunchtime over a pair of trainers mm. in the middle of the day. And that's not even a lie because that's happened. And, you know, it's just, it's sad. It's really sad. Um, let's, uh, let me just point out that I don't think we're, I think Gavin Newsom does us a disservice, all of us who love all of those people. I think we're a macro cult, not a micro cult. But anyway, we'll, we'll not get into that. Let me play a short clip of a video of how the other half live. This is, um, this is, I was going to say Prince Charles. Oh, how I wish. Prince <laughs> Charles, uh, and this is his French visit, and obviously, while well, we're being told we should eat bugs and live as peasants, uh, others in the world live differently. So let me just play this uh, 40-second clip.
what's that about you alone, nothing and be happy? Maybe they don't own any of that, but it is the, the lavish lifestyle uh, where we are told to go and use paper straws. Uh, there seems to be a disconnect. Oh, biggest time. And it's not about them owning nothing. It's about us owning nothing. They can own everything. And then what they can do is they can rent all of that everything to us and we'll never have anything. And then we'll constantly be indebted to them. And, you know, there is a disconnect. I don't know whose who's video was that like. That's just like, it's Christ really showing, you know, showing it all off. It really, it really is. I hate any, do you know what? I hate any of that when it's on social media. It doesn't even have to be the brand. Just all of that showing off everything is like, it's gross to me. But like, you know, you've got the king there telling us, as you say, you know, you can't have your petrol cars, you can't have your diesel cars, you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't travel and and you've got to reduce your carbon footprint. And there they are just, you know, having their steak and... (laughs) I mean, fine, have it, but don't tell us. Just don't tell us. Don't tell us we can't do anything. Have your steak, fly in your private jets, just shut your mouth and leave us alone and stop telling us what we can and can't and stop making life hard for us you know it's it's that's all just do that they can't though can they they can't well we're going to finish off on we'll do just do like two or three minutes on this and this is how they also want to make our life easier and this is electric cars um and i've read so many stories recently about how um there's awful people waiting hours to charge up and it is uh, there i mean there are a lot of stories obviously what's happened in the in the uk with rishi sunak supposedly um giving us a few more years to actually get around before uh, we have to rely on slave labor in africa to mine cobalt for batteries but firms still forced to sell more electric cars despite petrol ban delay um and so from January, just over a fifth of, ele- of vehicles sold must be electric with the target expected to hit 80% by 2030. So it's not just we're being nudged. Actually, you'll go in and you're saying, I'm sorry, we've sold all our petrol and diesel. You'll have to buy an electric car. You know, it's really interesting because my fiance just sold his car back to the garage because it was a diesel. And they told him, oh, yeah, you know, these are quite in demand because uh, the new model of this car is electric or a hybrid. And people don't want it. People do not want them. So you can try and force us to take them. People don't want them, not the way the electricity bills are going up anyway. And when you look at new bills, I mean, there's um, a, a block of four new bills around the corner from me um three of them you have a parking space not a garage or a carport a parking space and it's across the road from it like there's a little path that goes down that you drive to your houses and to the next houses where do you charge it where do you charge and then it makes you think hold on a minute maybe they don't want you charging it maybe they just don't want you to have a car at all because who can afford these electric vehicles? They're so expensive and they weigh a lot. You know, you've got, they weigh, um, I think like they, well, it, actually, they, they weigh? No, actually the new, uh, so they're saying when car parks were built in the 60s, the average car was five to 600 kilos and now a new Kia Nero is 2.2 tons. So nearly four times. Yeah. So, you know, what's and also accidents, you know, you get hit by a car that's like weighs five times as much. 
that's a lot more impact. I know it's, you know, the speed, but you've got a lot more weight going, you know, behind. So there's all kinds of like safety issues. I mean, you know, and I'm not talking about just being hit on foot. I'm being, you know, hit by one of those cars. You're in a mini and you're hit by an electric car. It's like being hit by a Range Rover, isn't it? You know, it's a bit, it's a big old thing. And they just don't have the infrastructure. Um, I live about 20 miles away from my sister. She forgot to charge her car overnight. So she tried to go to a supermarket to put a bit of juice into it. Um, the space was taken. So she's like, oh, all right, I've got a little bit. I'll try and get up to you. Had to stop somewhere else. That was full. You know, it's just, it's, they, it's impossible. They don't have the infrastructure for it. So it only tells me that they really don't want us to, um, you know, to have them. That's all. So, yes, I'm glad it's being pushed back a little bit because when it was not that, you know, they can't force us any sooner. But I don't I think they're going to have to keep pushing back because I think the people are going to push back because I don't think people are going to consent to it. They, they might think that they can brainwashes into doing it. But people don't want to. People really don't want to get electric cars. And people, you know, people start to regret it. And it's not like you go to, I I hate putting petrol in or diesel in. I hate, you know, the whole process of, and it takes what, the two minutes, three minutes? The last thing I want to do is sit down and have to wait 30, 40 minutes. And when I go to the supermarket, even then, I'm not 30 or 40 minutes. I want to go in, get my bits and pieces and come out. I don't want to wait I don't want to wait for a car for ages to charge up. I can't think of anything worse. No, I had a little bit of range anxiety driving back from Lotus Eaters and Swin. I had only 20 miles to go, but I could find a petrol station, pull in and fill up, and it was sorted. So, yeah. um, it's, oh, uh, and another point, they're silent. When I'm out on a horse, um, or, you know, you're cycling, I'm on hmm. my horse, or what people are walking, you can't hear them coming. Yep. I just think they're really, da- I think they're really dangerous. There's so many aspects. I think the fires, you can't put the fires out if they catch yep. on fire. How are you going to do that in a place in California if everyone's got an electric car? Yeah, every single car crash, they set on fire. There'll be forest fires and wildfires all over the place, but yep. that'll be climate change. No, it would be. It would be. <laughs> I'm sure it'd be your fault, Lilani. Yeah. Um, Larry, thank you so much for joining us this evening. It's always good to have you with us. So thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you. No, thanks for having me on. Not all. And there are just two, just want to leave the viewers, two uh, pictures I saw just to leave you with a, a smile. There you go. When you're losing a scrabble, <laughs> so you start making up words, that is gender fluid. And there was one other one I enjoyed being an uh, aviation buff. And it was... Let me bring it up. And it was this one. It's whenever you lose your your plane. Lost F-35 reward <laughs> if you find. Call us if you see it, U.S. military. Um, and that's from the pilot phoning 911 to report that he had crashed and he had lost his plane. Very <laughs> weird. Very weird. Right with the most expensive aircraft you can get. But on that, thank you so much for joining us. However you've been watching, wherever you've been watching, or if you've been listening on the go after, thank you. And thank you to all the Warren Posse for joining us. It's been a good week with you. And we'll be back with you on Monday evening with a great guest who have been really looking forward to have on. Uh, tune in on Monday evening, 8 p.m. 
uh, 8 p.m. UK time, 3 p.m. Eastern, and 12 p.m. Pacific time. We'll be back with you for another interview. So on that, I wish you a wonderful rest of your Saturday. Have a great weekend, and we'll be back with you on Monday. So thank you so much, and goodbye to you all. If you like what we do, sign up to our mailing list. Donate, share, and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsofvoke.org. Thank you for listening.